Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to Journey Church. My name is JJ Vasquez, and I have the honor alongside my wife, Liz, to serve this church as its pastors. And if you are joining us today for the first time, we want to give a loud round of applause and welcome you to church today. Amen. We're so glad that you're here. If those claps sounded a little light today, it's because we don't have that many people in the room today. As you can see on the cameras and all the people that are seated, this is pretty much our our worship team. Uh, We are uh, practicing physical distancing, and uh, our city just went under a a mandatory stay-at-home uh, order. Uh, churches are exempt, so we're allowed to perform these uh, services for you, um, but uh, we also need to uh, abide by the uh, and comply with the rules of, of those who, who lead us. And so we wanted to not just comply, but also be an example. We pray that you are practicing the same physical distancing at home, uh, at work, uh, except, you know, with your family and your kids. Kiss your wife, hug your babies. Amen. And so, uh, super important. Hey, uh, this online format has been something else. You know, Paul, when he was uh, locked up in jail, uh, he wrote uh, to the church. He said, you know, don't be sad that I'm here because now that I'm here, I'm realizing that I'm able to serve more people. The gospel is actually advancing because I'm locked up. And we might be uh, confined to this room and confined to these cameras, but let me tell you something. The gospel is going forward. We had thousands of people tune in uh, last week. And I want to share just some numbers with you because I think they're worth celebrating. We had 13 people actually go through our Next Steps classes. If you're not familiar with Next Steps classes, how we disciple, it's how we help people find their next steps in faith. We had 13 different people go through it. It's going to be available after uh, the service today. And so you want to find more information on that. Um, we also had nine people actually join the church online, which is crazy. One of them... One of them from Texas. So, you know, I guess you're not going to be a greeter. I guess you're not going to be serving as a host or the worship team, but uh, you can be on the prayer team all the way up here from Texas. Uh, we're glad that you're with us. And I wanted to save this number for the end because it's just the most important. It's the most special number. It's why we do what we do. We saw 14 people make a decision for Jesus Christ. Come on. Come on. And so uh, we're excited about what God's doing uh, through this medium. Hey, I want to highlight a couple of things. Oh, by the way, because God is, is using this to have such an impact, I want to encourage you right now to share this feed, share this video. If you're on YouTube, share it. If you're on Facebook, share it. We're on Church Online right now. Wherever you are, share it with people because this really could impact a friend's life, a neighbor's life, a family member who would never step into a church but might open up their smartphone, might open up uh, their laptop. I want to let you know about two things. First off, real important. Tonight, somebody say tonight. Tonight. 
At 7.15, we are having our Journey Leadership Academy interest meeting. All you have to do is go to journeyleadershipacademy.com and on the website tonight at 7.15, I'll be there. Our JLA director, Sway, will be there. And if you're not familiar with our Journey Leadership Academy, it is an accredited extension site. It's a college connected to Southeastern University. If you're looking to pursue a degree in leadership, really in any field, we offer certain degree programs that might be able to meet your needs. Really what we believe, we're not just trying to build ministers. More than anything, we're trying to build leaders. And so if you're between the ages of 18 and 25 and you're looking to take that next step, be a leader, maybe even get a lot closer to God, uh, we wanna encourage you to, to be a part. As a part of your JLA, uh, I wanna say membership, but being a part of JLA, uh, we have uh, Universal Studios passes, although you can't use those right now. Um, we go on a missions trip, although you can't leave the country right now. But by the time you come to our school, you'll be able to do all those things, okay? And we kick off in the fall. And uh, I'm just telling you, it's gonna be, uh, you're gonna have time of your life if you're looking for an amazing experience to grow and also just meet some people and make friends uh, for life. And, and secondly, I know you heard uh, Pastor Jenny and Karina talk about it, but virtual small groups, small groups online. I really wanna encourage you to, to get in one if you're not in one right now. What we're practicing today is physical distance. But the reason why we're practicing physical distance and still in this room today is because even in this season, we cannot be socially isolated. Yeah. We changed the term. I don't like the term socially distant, physically distant. We need each other more than ever. They're talking about the impact this is gonna have on the economy. They're talking about the impact this is gonna have on health. Here's what nobody's talking about, but we need to talk about the impact this is gonna have on our mental health because we're isolated. We need people to survive and thrive. And so I wanna invite you. There's a lot of groups online. I think we have about 50 different groups online. You can uh, look it up, journeyall.com forward slash groups. Would love for you uh, to join and be a part. Well, if you have a Bible and you're here with us today, you can open it, the book of Joshua, chapter one. We're gonna read verse one through nine. And if you're at home and you have a Bible, you can open it up. If you don't have a Bible, the verses will kind of go on the bottom of the screen, all magic-like. All right, verse one. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will, this is a word for somebody, for I will be with you as I was with Moses and I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors, I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. So study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. But this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you 
wherever. Somebody say wherever. wherever. Type in the chat box wherever you go. Wherever you go. You know, I am a sermon series kind of guy. I, I like diving into topics in a, in a really in-depth way. But for the time being, we decided as a staff, and I've decided just in prayer, that we're going to kind of put series on a hold. We want to bring messages that are relevant to what's happening every week. And so literally every week, we're praying and we're looking at what's happening around us and deciding what messages to bring to you. And so we had a whole sermon series planned. Uh, we planned our sermon series out about a year in advance. Um, and we just scratched that and uh, decided to ask the Lord what he would show you. And I think what he wants to teach you today, uh, at least what I want to share with you today, I've titled it, Follow the Leader. Follow the Leader. You know, God tells Joshua three different times in this passage, be strong and courageous. And I think the reason why God told Joshua three different times to be strong and courageous is because God's word often speaks to our greatest needs. If he's telling Joshua to be strong and courageous, what do you think that tells you about Joshua's mindset as he's about to step into the promised land? He's probably afraid and worried. And it makes sense because up until this point in Joshua's life, all Joshua has known, all Joshua has known has been Egypt and the wilderness. Egypt and the wilderness. And while those places were not fulfilling, they were at the very least familiar. You know, they're, they're familiar with the fruit of the wilderness. It's not sweet, but they're familiar with it. They're familiar with the water in the desert. It's, it's bitter, but they're familiar with it. They're familiar with setting up and taking down the tents. It's a lot of work. It provides no safety or security whatsoever, but they're familiar with it. And yeah, they know there's more for them. And yeah, they know they were made for more. And yeah, they know it's not ideal. And yeah, they know that they're settling, but at least they know it. Yeah. What they don't know is what's on the other side of that Jordan River. I don't know if you've noticed, but oftentimes the fear of the unknown will cause us to settle for what we know. Yeah. You know that? You can settle for what you know, even if what you know is not great. You could be in a relationship that's not great, but you won't leave because you know at least you got somebody come Valentine's Day. Come on, somebody. You could be in a job you hate, but you won't leave. Why? Because at least you know you'll get a paycheck. You could be in a relationship with God that is dry and empty, but you won't strive for more. Why? Because at least you know you're going to heaven. Why risk it? Why reach for more? Why try? Why rock the boat? I mean, if you got faith, the other side of the Jordan River is called the promised land. But if you're a realist like me, the other side of the river is called uncharted territory. Yeah. And uncharted territory is scary because no one's ever been there before. And because no one's ever been there before, there's no map. You know, there's no map to becoming a person you've never been before. There's no map to doing something in life you've never done before. There's no map for taking on a responsibility that you've never had before. There's no map for being a parent. They don't tell you that. Nobody tells you this. I got a 132 page manual when I bought my car. They didn't give me not one document when I left the hospital. And you leave with this, this baby, this thing, and you're expected to keep it alive. The only thing you leave with is a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're lucky, the nurse taught you how to fold it. You know what baby tacos, you know what I'm talking about? If you're lucky, she taught you that. Well, I remember when I first got my baby, I thought, how am I going to keep this thing alive? I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I've never had to keep anything alive. The only thing that I've ever, I never had pets growing up. The only thing I've ever had to work to keep alive was like 
like a Tamagotchi. You remember Tamagotchis back in the day? Like that was the only thing I've ever, and that died on me like 10 times. It was scary taking my child home, but you know what gave me a little bit of peace? Liz's mom, <laughs> my mom, you know, and you know when you have your first child, you're calling your mom, is this normal? They're not sleeping. Is it normal? It's normal, baby. Okay, I'm not sleeping. Is that normal? Yes, that's normal. I think we take for granted a lot of times the fact that in so many areas and arenas of life, we have the experience of others who have gone before us to pave a way. Here's why I'm making a big deal out of, about, about this today. Because right now, our nation is in a situation, at least that this generation has never been in before. Our church is in a season. The church globally is in a season that at least this generation or the generation before, any living generation has never been there before. And a lot of the fear and a lot of the stress is that nobody knows where we're going. Yeah. There are no leaders. I mean, we have political leaders and we have pastors, and, but really everybody's guessing. I hope you know that. Like even the people that get in front of the camera and have the press conference, you know we're all guessing, right? <laughs> Everybody thinks this is this scenario, this is that scenario, but we have no leaders. And I think that's a lot of the fear that Joshua is experiencing right now. You have a nation that's looking for leadership. That's why it says in Joshua 1.1, the whole passage starts off with, and after the death of Moses. Because the Bible's trying to make a point. There's no leader. There's no leader and nobody knows where we're going. We're trying to turn on the news because we want leadership. But the news is not the leader. The news is the herd. The news doesn't tell you, just by its nature, it doesn't tell you where we're going. It tells you what's happening. Yeah. It reports on what people are doing. If you go to the news for leadership, you're just going to follow the herd. Yeah. So what do we do when we're in a nation that needs leaders, when our friends and our families need leaders, when our churches need leaders, when our community and our country needs leaders, but there's no leaders because no one's been there before? Do what's in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Look what it says. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. Hear me. When there are no leaders, be the leader. Be the leader. In a season when everyone is running away, in a season where there is panic, in a season when there is chaos, in a season where everyone is looking for direction, I'm looking right at you right now at home, you need to be the leader. God is asking you to be the leader. And I know what you're saying. I am not qualified to be a leader. Well, let me tell you what does qualify you to be a leader. God's word and the time. I never, I never in my whole life ever looked at myself as a leader. Even now. I don't understand. Even now, when Sunday is over, I go home with Liz and I'm like, babe, what happened? How did this even take place right now? What is, I was never the smartest kid in class. I was never the tallest. Everybody always goes to the tallest person to be the leader. It happened in the Bible with Saul. On the dodgeball court, I was, I was never, I could never kick the furthest. I was never the fastest or the strongest. But I remember the first day I stepped into leadership. I was a, uh, a Royal Ranger. I don't know if you know about this. For, for all of our people at home, they have no idea what this is. This is uh, Christian Boy Scouts. They hate that term, but it is what it is, okay? It's Christian Boy Scouts. And my dad was like the Royal Ranger, like king. Like he, he knew a lot about it. He made sure I was in it at a young age. And uh, we went on a camping trip. And on this camping trip, they asked us to gather some uh, fire, some wood for the fire. And you know, when you're young out in the woods, you don't, 
even remember what you're doing out there. You're just <laughs> climbing trees, looking for water, just having fun and playing games. And I remember something my dad told me before I went to go get the wood. He said, son, if you get lost, almost like if you're going to get lost. <laughs> and if you get lost in the woods, all you have to do, because it was getting dark, he was saying, all you have to do is follow the sun. If you follow the sun, I said, will it take me back to the campsite? He said, it might, it might not. He said, but if you follow the sun, either one of two things will happen. Either you'll hit the campsite or you'll hit the main road. <laughs> and someone on the highway will help you find your way to the campsite. So he was like, so just whatever you do, just follow the sun. And so we went out to gather some wood, me and my friends uh, in our outpost, that's what you call it. And we were out in our outpost uh, and, uh, and we got lost. And uh, you know, there's nothing scarier than being 10 and lost, just in general. But to be 10 and lost in the woods is another level of fear. And I could feel the panic. And you know people start panicking when dumb ideas get suggested. And so we got no tent, we got no water, we got no food. And all of a sudden one of the kids says, we just need to stay here. We'll just sleep right here. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's bears. Um, I'm pretty sure if we stay out here, we're going to die. Okay, so, and so there was a lot of panic. There was a lot of craziness. And I wasn't a leader, but the time had come. Somebody needed to provide direction. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the smartest. I wasn't the strongest. Here's the only thing that I had in my favor. I remember what my father told me. And the thing my father told me was to follow the sun. And so I told everybody, he said, listen, guys, I don't know if we're going to end up on the street or the campsite. But my dad told me to follow the sun. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk this way. And if you guys want to come, come this way too. And I guess I said it with some authority. I guess I said it with some passion. Everybody got behind me. We got, and we hit the campsite, not the highway. Thank God. <laughs> here's, I'm, here's what I'm trying to say to you. I, I wasn't a natural leader. I don't believe in natural born leaders, but the time had come for me to lead. Joshua 1, 2 says, therefore, the time has come for you to lead. Maybe you're not the smartest. Maybe you're not the strongest. Maybe you don't know your Bible inside and out. Maybe you got some sin. That's okay. Here's what you need to lead. Do you remember what your father told you? Here's what your father told you. Follow the sun. And if you follow the sun, you will get back home. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. You know what Paul told the church? He said, follow me as I follow Christ. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if I'm going to hit the street or if I'm going to hit the cabin. But I do know that if I follow the sun, I will get to safety. I will get home. The only thing you got to know to be a leader is where Jesus is. Stay close to him and he'll take you there. And so let me, let me add on to that a little bit. I want to give you three things that God told Joshua to prepare him to lead these people. And I'm praying that these three things at home are going to prepare you to lead your family, prepare you to lead your workplace, prepare you to lead in that relationship, prepare you to lead on social media. The first thing he told Joshua, Joshua chapter one, verse two, I'm going to read it from the English standard version. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore... Build a monument to him. That's not what it says. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, stay on this side of the Jordan River until I resurrect him from the dead. That's not what it says. Here's what it says. Moses, my servant, is dead. Listen to this. Oof. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. Arise, arise, and go over. Here's, my, here's the first point. If you're going to be a leader, you have to have the attitude of a leader. And here's the attitude. Get up and get over. Get up and get over it. Somebody say, get up, get up. and get over it. Get over. Type it into the chat box. Get up and get over it. If you want to see a great picture of God's attitude in tragedy, look at the way Jesus responded when Lazarus died. 
When Lazarus died, he was like Jesus' homie. He was like one of his best friends. When Lazarus died, Jesus had a great response. It's all in the same chapter, four verses apart. And it was the perfect combination of empathy and empowerment. The first thing it says, I believe it's verse 35, 13, 35. It says, Jesus wept. I'm so glad that we have a God who can empathize with our pain. And if you lost your job because of this virus, I want you to know Jesus wept and is weeping with you. If someone you love has been diagnosed, I want you to know that Jesus is weeping with you. If your school is closed and you don't know how you're gonna graduate, I want you to know that Jesus is, is weeping with you. If you're quarantined, Jesus is weeping with you. I love that he weeps with us. He's a, he's a, he's a right now God. He's, he's in the moment right now with us. He cries with us. But four verses later, after it says Jesus weeps, you know what he says? He says, now roll away that stone. Jesus weeps, roll away the stone. In other words, he's not just a right now God, he's a what now God. You lost your job, Jesus weeps, but why now? Why now? Why now? You, 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 you got your quarantine, you're in your room, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't get out. I'm sorry, Jesus weeps with you, but why now? What are we going to do now? He cries with us, he, his heart breaks with us, but he's always trying to get us to move forward. The attitude of a leader is, I'm, this sucks that this is happening. I wish it wasn't happening. I'm sad, but I'm not going to stay down and stay back. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get over it. I'm going to move forward. Why? Moses is dead, but the promise isn't. The promise is still there. The promise is still, listen, you might be quarantined, but your joy doesn't have to be. You might be quarantined, but your promise isn't quarantined. You might be quarantined, but your purpose isn't quarantined. You got to get up. You got to move. We got to go, church. We can't stay. I mean, we got to stay legally because it's all stay at home <laughs> or just physically stay. But in your attitude, don't stay. Get up and go. Don't join the negative narrative of our nation. I'm going to ask you, and you know how I know your attitude? What are you, what are you posting on social media? What are, you, what are you liking? What are the things you're reposting? What are you going to talk about? What's your Insta story going to be today? Let me encourage you to make it an Insta story of positivity. What's going to be on your Twitter feed today? Listen, you can either make a meme or make a difference. <laughs> One of the two. You can, you can join in with the chorus of people who think the world's coming to an end and, and we'll never see a brighter day again. Or you could be the one person who says, hey, not to be unsensitive, insensitive, but it's time. We, we cried, we, we, we've been locked down for seven days already. I think it's time to get up and get over it. And we're going to add positivity. We're going to add hope. Not cynicism, not criticism, but hope, belief, and faith. We got to get up and get over it. You got to have the attitude of a leader. What are your conversations going to be like at home and your family? Let's be positive. Let's move forward. It's not just the attitude of a leader. You got to have the action of a leader. God tells Joshua these two things right after he tells him this. He says, be strong and courageous. I want to break down each one really quickly. The first is be strong. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I have a problem with this command. Be strong. Well, I can't be something I'm not. So if I feel weak, you telling me to be strong does not help. I if anything, it gets me mad. Uh, I remember uh, when I first started going to the gym and I wasn't as, you know, exercise driven as I am now. I went there and uh, met these two guys, both swole dudes. And I started talking to them about Jesus and they even came to church with me a couple times and 
the unspoken relationship was, you come to church with me, I'll work out with you. And, uh, and it was really cool because these guys were jacked. And I was like, I want to do what you're doing. But I knew I was out of my element on the first workout. On the first workout, mind you, I'm like, I'm still pretty new to the gym. So on the first workout, homeboy comes over and he puts 245s on each side. So 225. Puts 225 on the bench press. He looks at me, he's like, you're going to lift that. I'm like, that's not going to happen, bro. <laughs> he's like, you're going to lift it. And I was like, and I'm thinking, he must know. I'm very like faith driven. So I'm like, he must know something. I don't know. He must know that there's like a hidden power inside of me that I don't know is inside of me. So I got under that thing and I, and I grabbed it. And this is 225. And I probably weigh 140 at this time. So we're talking about almost, you know, weight and a half. I get behind this thing and I, and I push up. And if anybody's ever bench pressed before or lifted weights at any point, there's a point in your rep where you know you're not gonna finish. Sometimes it's in the middle, sometimes it's in the end, sometimes it's right at the beginning. <laughs> and I got it from here to here. And the moment it went from the rack to the air, I said, what everybody says when the, nope! <laughs> so I said, nope! And he's like, you got this! And so I went down, now he's spotting me. So he's holding it, he's holding it, he's holding it, he's holding it, and, and, I'm, and it's coming down. And he's like, lift it. And I'm like, I can't lift this. And this is what he said. He said, be strong. <laughs> you ever seen those gym people? They're like, the louder they yell, they think they stronger they get. So he's like, be strong, be strong. And I'm like, this is as strong as I can be right now. I promise you I can't be any stronger. I promise you. And be strong, be strong. And then he finally, he, you know, he lifted it. So he pretty much lifted the whole thing. And then he did, he said, great job. You know? I'm like, you did that whole thing, bro. I didn't do that not one time. You know, it's frustrating. And, and I think sometimes, and I feel like there's people on the other side of this camera, maybe even people in this room, who you're facing something that is so insurmountable right now. It's almost offensive for me to tell you to be strong. Because you're like, you don't know how heavy it is to lift up four kids with no dad around. You don't know how heavy it is to have a car payment, a house payment, a health insurance payment, and no job. You don't know. It's going to be to be strong. You don't know. I can't lift it. I'm not, I can't be strong. Well, I want you to know if you interpreted that from what I said, that's not what I said. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you to be strong because that's not what God is saying. The actual, it's not actually an accurate translation. The Hebrew word, be strong, it's not even two words, it's one word. And it doesn't translate to be strong. The actual translation is not be strong, it's strengthen. Why is that different? It's different because God is not telling you to be strong. He's telling you to get strong. That's a whole different command. I don't know that I can be strong, but if you need me to get strong, I can get strong. I can't curl this table right here. I can't, you would have to be strong. I mean, I might could, no, I'm just kidding. I can't curl, I can't curl this table right now. I can't be strong and curl it, but you know what I can't curl? I can curl this 20 and I might be able to be strong, but I can, I can get strong. Being strong, when God asks, God's not asking you to be strong. In other words, let me say it this way. God's not asking you to do the impossible. He's asking you to do what you can. Yes. 
And if you do what you can, you'll get strong. You'll get strong. Maybe for some people, it takes all the strength you have to get up in the morning. If it takes all the strength you have to get up in the morning, then get strong. Get up in the morning. And guess what? Tomorrow, get up again. And the next day, get up again. Maybe it takes all the strength, all the strength you have to sing that worship song. Your faith is rocky, you know, but it takes all the strength you have. Then go ahead and get strong. Go ahead and sing that song. Maybe it's not your time to preach a message. Maybe it's not your time to go out on the street and tell everybody about Jesus. Maybe the strongest thing you can do right now is sing that song. But maybe you don't even have the strength to sing a song. That's okay. Put down the 20. Pick up the 10. Maybe you can't sing the song. Do you have the strength to play the song? Just play the song. Just, just play blessing in the background as you watch the dishes. Just, just put on, you know, just what elevation word. Just go ahead and sing a song. Just have it in the background. Just do what you can. Tithing, it takes a lot of strength to tithe. Maybe you can't tithe 10%. Don't tithe, don't tithe 10%. Tithe 5%. Do what you can. The trick is, here's the, here's the trick. Do what you can and do what challenges you. It's got to be a challenge because it's the challenge and it's the tension. It's the stress that makes you stronger. You got to do what's challenging. Do what you can. Do what's challenging. And let me tell you something else. Strength is contagious. Strength is contagious. When you get around people who are doing what they can, who are leading by example, it makes you want to do it. I was, I was, I've been working out in my house alone. I worked out in my house by myself for about a year. After that, Liz jumped on. Now, if anybody has been trying to get to the gym, you can't right now. They're closed down. But, you know, when you can't go to the gym, how many people know there's those mornings where you're like, I'm not going to make it. This is not a gym day. This is not a gym day. This is a rest day. <laughs> today, today is a rest day. My muscles need a rest. I want to tell you something. I have missed a lot more. I, have, I haven't missed as many gym days. And I've had a lot less rest days ever since Liz started working out. Because I will be on my way down the stairs. And this is how I know I'm gonna work out. If I make coffee first, I'm not gonna work out. If I make a protein shake first, I'm gonna work out. So when I come down my stairs, and Liz sometimes, she's up even before me, and she's got her beach body on. This is not a shout out to Beachbody. We don't make any money off of them. But she does her thing. And, uh, and then when I see her, something about watching her do what she can makes me wanna do what I can. You know, we're doing what we can right now as a church. We, this is not ideal. We do not wanna be in a studio with eight people. Preaching like this, 8,000, you know what I'm saying? It's not ideal. We wish there were people, but we're doing what we can. Yes. We, we're lifting what we can. We wish we could be making it. We wish we could be making a difference. We wish we could be out on the streets making a difference, but we can't. Yep. So we do what we can. And guess what happens when we start doing what we can? It gets contagious. Yeah. We wanted to make a difference all over the world. And so we took a big part of our giving and we donated it to Samaritan's Purse so that we can open up a portable hospital in the, in the uh, parking lot of one of the hardest hit areas in Italy. We did what we could. After we did what we could, I got a report in my email because I get these giving reports. Somebody had written a check or uh, given an online uh, $4,300 $4, donation. So I don't treat people differently, but I called her. I said, ma'am, I just want to know your story. And when the history behind this, why, why such the big donation? She said, uh, my husband's active military and we were stationed in Italy for four years. And we kept asking ourselves, what could we do to make a difference for the country that we love so much? And when we saw what the church was doing, we said, we have to do what we can. 
We got to do what we can. Maybe you're quarantined. What can you do in your home right now? Because I think, I think your children would see you. I think your brothers and sisters would see you. I think your spouse would see you. I think your friends would see you. And, and it would inspire them to do what they can. Strength is contagious. Be strong. And then he says, be courageous. Be courageous. You know, it says three different times to be strong and courageous. But the second time it says to be courageous, it doesn't say just be courageous. It says be very courageous. I wonder why strength was left normal and courageous had a very attached to it. So I jumped into the Hebrew again to kind of understand these words. And I was real thrown off in my initial studies because guess what the word courage translates to in the original? Strength. Psalms like, whoever was writing this verse got stuck. They just ran out of words. They wrote strength twice. <laughs> but it's a different Hebrew word. So I dove a little deeper. So I don't understand, God, why would you say be strong and be strong? You could have just said strong one time. We get the picture. It turns out, as you do more research on the word, that the word strength in be strong is strength on the outside. But the word courageous when translated is strength on the inside. To be courageous is to be strong on the inside. To be strong in your faith. To be strong in what you believe. And the context, you know, when you're trying to figure out what a word means, you look for the context clues, you know, the context of this Bible verse tells us that that is the case. Because in Joshua 1, 7, it says, be strong and very courageous. And then it says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will succeed in everything you do. In other words, he's saying, be strong and hold on to what you believe on the inside. I want to give you an example of this what it means to be strong on the inside, what it means to be strong to hold firm to the word. And I want to do that by playing a little game. How many people remember the game Simon Says? Yeah. Remember Simon Says? Yeah. All right. Everybody at home, you up for a game of Simon Says? Come on, we're going to make this interactive right now. So I'm going to ask everybody in the studio to stand to your feet. And then I'm going to ask uh, the people at home, if you're watching, be obedient. If not, lightning will strike you. Amen. And so, just kidding, but for real, do it. All right. Simon Says, you ready for a game of Simon Says? Everybody say, yeah. yeah. Say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I made you do that. All right. Are you ready? You guys know the rules. If you have never played Simon Says before, I say Simon Says, and then when I say Simon Says, you do what Simon Says. I'm Simon in this case. Uh, do not do something that Simon does not say. And my goal is to try and get you to move without saying Simon says. All right. Ready? All right. Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, touch your heart. Simon says, worship. Simon says, worship like a Pentecostal. I'm just playing. Simon says, put your hands down. All right. Simon says, touch your ear, touch your chin. Got you, Lorraine. You gone, girl. That's it. I just wanted to pray until someone lost. You're going to have a seat. Lorraine, so sorry. Lorraine touched her chin. I didn't say Simon says. And you moved. You moved. Simon didn't say. Be careful that you're not moving at the wrong word. I just want to let you know, I'm not going to move because Fox News says. I'm not going to move because CNN says. I'm not going to move because Trump says. I'm not going to move because someone says or someone says. And the reason why I'm not going to move, listen, is because the Bible says. 
I'm not moving. My courage is in this word. My strength comes from this word because the Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I will not move because the Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. I will not move because the Bible says he will not leave you nor forsake you. I will not move because the Bible says the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defender of my life. Whom shall I dread? I will not fear because the Bible says all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and according to his purpose. I'm not moving. Why? Because the Bible says I move when the Bible tells me to move. And if the Bible tells me to be planted, then I'm going to have the courage to believe this even when things get difficult. You know, it takes courage to believe this book. And it takes courage to believe this book when things are crazy. It takes courage to believe that sacrifice is the key when everybody's being selfish. It takes courage to believe that you'll be more safe by letting them leave with the last roll of toilet paper than you hoarding 23 bags for yourself. It takes courage. It takes courage to worship when you want to worry. It takes courage to pray when you want to panic. It takes courage to plant your life on this word. When no one else believes it, it takes courage to believe that God's got this thing hemmed up, that he knows the plan. And I'm not moving, I'm not freaking out, I'm not worried. I've got a strength that comes from this, it takes courage. And let me tell you something, strength is not the only thing that's contagious, courage is contagious too. Courage, that inside belief, man. You gotta believe like a leader. That inside belief. Joshua 1.18, after, after Joshua 1.9, Joshua then goes to his leaders, his small group. And he tells them, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And guess what his leaders tell him in Joshua 1.18? Whoever rebels against your word, Joshua, and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Joshua must have got some confirmation at that point. He's like, ooh, you just said what the Lord told me. You know, sometimes you need other people to remind you of what God told you. In verse 18, they will remind. That's why, and I'm gonna just, this is a shameless plug. You need to get into a small group. Right now, when this is over, you need to get online. Why? Because I know you know what God told you, but do you have people in your life that will remind you of what God told you? And, the, and when you, so that when you encourage them, they catch it. They get contagious and they can encourage you. And we encourage each other. That's why we got to be courageous. And I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to take this first step as we close out. Joshua 1.9. To be a leader, you got to, Get up and get over it. Got to have the attitude of a leader. To be a leader, you got to act like a leader. You got to be strong. Just doing, just doing what you can. Just doing what you can. To be a leader, you got to have courage in the word and not move because someone else says. I don't listen to them. They're not my Simon. Jesus is my Simon. The word of God is my Simon. And so I'm going to have the courage to believe in my heart the thing that God told me. I'm staying planted. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. That's a word for someone. I'm moving no more. I will not be shaken. What's going on on this planet? I will not. No, because I don't move when they say. I answer to a higher power. Now that you know those things, here, I, want you to, I don't want you to just listen to this message. I want you to just step out now. I want you to be a leader at home. I want you to be a leader at work. I want you to be a leader in your marriage. Be a leader with your kids. Be a leader online. Be a leader in your community. Joshua 1, 9. Here's the first step for you some encouragement to take that first step. This is my command, be strong and courageous. 
Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know why I love that word, wherever you go, that phrase? Because it alludes to the fact that Joshua had no idea where he was going. Read it. He doesn't know. He said that the whole land would be his, but he didn't know where to go first. Do I attack the west first? Do I attack the east first? Do I attack the south first, the north first? Where do I go? And God reveals step by step by step to Joshua. But I don't think Joshua was bothered much by it. Why? Because he knew that wherever he went, God would go with him. Wherever you go. He didn't need to know where he was going because he already knew how it was ending. I I wish I could tell you I knew where we were going. I don't know. I don't know. It's so freeing to tell that to you. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. How much longer are we going to be in this? I don't know. Maybe two weeks. Maybe two months. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't need to know where we're going because I know how it's ending. That's a different thing. You know, for three years, Jesus prepared his disciples for his death and his resurrection. Like, (laughs) Zane got in trouble today because he was uh, playing video games, but he didn't set the timer. And we have a rule. You got to set the timer before you play the video game. He has a 60-minute timer. Uh, We just have rules in the house. And so uh, for him not to be too connected to video games. So he was so upset because he forgot to do it. And I said, bro, I understand why you're sad, but why are you surprised? You know this rule. I kind of wondered that about the disciples. When Jesus died, I understand why they were sad. But why were they surprised? He had told them for three years he was going to die and that he was going to resurrect. Yet when he finds them, he finds them in an upper room with a locked door. And the Bible says that they had locked the door because they were afraid. And here's what I'm telling myself watching it from the outside because it's all a story to me. I mean, it's true. It's history. But it's, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, but don't you know how it ends? Can I encourage you? Let me encourage you at home. I know it's scary. The time from when Jesus died to when Jesus resurrected, it was scary for the disciples. I get it was scary, but in, in your fear and in your terror, here's the one thing you cannot do. You cannot rewrite the end of the story. Don't rewrite it. We know how this ends. He wins. You win. I win. We win. The gospel is preached. Marriages are restored. Homes are... We know what's on the other side of the promised land. Don't rewrite the end of the story because you get scared. I'm scared too, but I know how this ends. This ends in a victory. Your victory. This ends in your good. I promise you it does. If you just stay in the book, if you just stay connected. So I don't know about you today, but what I'm choosing to do in this time of uncertainty, fear, I'm going to follow the leader. I'm going to follow the leader wherever you go, Jesus, because I know wherever you go, there's victory. I'm going to follow him. I said it at the beginning of the sermon. I'll say it again. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul was a leader. And I want to ask everybody at home today, I want to, two prayers. My first prayer is, I want to pray a mantle of leadership over you. Everybody in this room, I want to pray a mantle of leadership over you, that you would have an anointing for leadership, that people would look to you, and that you would be the beacon of hope and light that they need. 
Remember, the only qualifications that you need to have is the time has come and God is calling you. That's it. Have a good attitude. Act it out. Believe like a leader. Act like a leader. Have the attitude of a leader, but, but lead. Our world needs us more than ever now. Let me pray for that mantle of leadership to come on you. I'm just saying, when your kids get nervous and they can't go to sleep at night because they see what's on the news, you're gonna walk into that bedroom with a mantle of leadership. You're gonna speak courage over your child. It's gonna hit them hard. When your Twitter feed is full of negativity, God's gonna give you the words to say, the photo to post, the, the message to upload, and, and, there's gonna, and you're gonna lead hope when the herd is running to, to criticism and, and anger, and you're gonna be that light of hope. Let me pray this mantle of leadership over you right now. Father, we thank you. Father, we are so grateful. I, I know we got different people listening right now. We've got teenagers listening. We've got senior citizens listening. We've got young parents listening. We've got married couples listening, single people listening. We've got doctors listening. We've got ministers listening. Father, I don't see any of them today. What I see today are leaders. There is a leadership anointing in this room and in a leadership anointing in that room right now. We pray that you would raise them up, that they would be the Joshua's. There is a promised land on the other side. We just need somebody to get us where no one's ever been before. Give them the wisdom. Give them the strength. Give them the courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Lastly, I want to pray for anyone who is listening to this story. Maybe you feel like I, like I did in the woods, me and my friends, just lost. Nowhere to go. Fear on one side, anxiety on the other. Desperation all around you. And it's getting dark. Let me give you the advice my dad gave me. Follow the sun. If you've never made a decision to, here's what we call it in church. If you're brand new to church, here's what we call it. To follow Jesus. That's it. If you want to make that decision today to follow Jesus because you recognize you need a leader in your life. Someone you can look to for peace and rest. Someone you can look to for strength and hope. He's here. He's here right now. All you got to do is take a step. Just take a step. If that's you, when I count to three, every head bowed, every eye closed. When, when I count to three, if that's you, I want you to shoot your right hand right at home on, the, on your internet feed. And I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. That's you on three. One, two, three right now. I need to follow you. I need a leader. I need a leader. The news can't lead me. My, my, my elected officials, I'm thankful for them. Thank you for every one of them, but they can't lead me right now. I need a higher power to lead me. His name is Jesus. He wants to make your heart his home. Follow the son. If that's you and you raise your hand, would you repeat this prayer after me? You go ahead and put your hand down. I want everybody in the studio to repeat it as well. Father God, I need a leader. And I believe you're the leader I need. This day, I make a decision to follow you and your word. Wherever I go, go with me. Wherever you go, I'll go with you. Today, I receive peace. I receive peace. I receive rest. And I receive hope. I receive strength. And I receive courage. Because today, I decide to follow the leader. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. 
And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.